What's going on, ATL peeps? Welcome back to Around the League, Season 2, covering the 75th anniversary of the NBA. We are so excited to be back in the studio talking hoops, and we missed you. You know, it's been a while. Tuan and I decided to take a little bit of a hiatus, but we're back. We're excited. We got some new features, and we got, we got some stuff up our sleeves for this podcast. Going to make it a bit better bit more visual, add some video. Um, but most of all, we're just so excited that the NBA is back. We're so excited that we can talk hoops again. feels like we've been without basketball for such a long time, even though it hasn't been a long time. But it's going to be a different season. You know, it's going to feel a lot more normal than it has in the past with regards to COVID, fans. And it's a special year for the NBA. They're covering their 75th anniversary, celebrating their 75th anniversary. And we can be more excited. We really couldn't because there's going to be a lot of interesting narratives, interesting wrinkles. The Raptors are going to be a completely different team than we've known them to be in the last 10 years. So, yeah, you know, we are, uh, we're thrilled. We're really excited to be back recording, talking hoops, and we can't wait to, uh, to communicate with you guys and just engage with you guys for the remainder of the season. So enjoy this podcast, episode 43. It's kind of going to be more big picture, you know, talk about our favorite narratives, uh, predictions, and just sort of how we see the regular season panning out. As always, we thank you for listening. Enjoy. It's been a minute, but we're here, back like we never left. Welcome to episode 43 of Around the League. Today is a very special episode, one, because it's been a couple months since, we, since we've talked hoops, but we're about to start the NBA season tomorrow. That's right. The NBA is about to start its 75th season tomorrow. Tuan and I are back in the booth talking hoops. We're so excited to get the ball rolling here, but uh, before we dig in, let's check in with our boy. Tuan, how you doing, my man? What's up, baby? It's been, it's been too long, too, too, too long months. Since we uh, since we last chatted, and uh, man, I'm I'm so excited to get back into this. Like you said, the the season season openers tomorrow. The Raptors finally get to play at home after about what a year and a half being away, and uh, a lot of changes, a lot of off season moves, new rookies, uh, new drama in the NBA. Kyrie, what's up? And uh, yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm excited to get the, the season rolling. It's been a while since we've been on the mic. So, you know, it might be a little rusty, but um, yeah, man, uh, good energy. But uh, yeah, man, excited to, uh, to, to start the season with you again. Tuan, before we talk hoops, before we talk about the NBA, we got to talk about you. What's going on in your world right now? <laughs> Give us the update. What have you been up to? Where are you going? Man, uh, of course, you guys know I don't like talking about myself, but yeah, big moves uh, ahead for me. Uh, you know, I got an opportunity to um, to apply for, for a job with uh, Adidas Basketball in LA, and uh, luckily I got it, and you know, everything's been moving pretty fast, and uh, yeah, everything's happened within the last two months or so, so yeah, I'm uh, flying out of Toronto on November 1st and starting my new job uh, the first week of November. So yeah, I'm moving permanently down to LA um, with Judy. And uh, yeah, we're going to be starting starting a new journey down there. But um, you know, this this podcast, 
this, this thing with you is still going to keep going strong. So no worries about that. I'm going to be able to watch 4.30 or o'clock Raptor games after work. So I'm excited about that and be able to watch some games. And I have to, you know, stay up till one or two in the morning catching the, the West Coast games. But uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, a, it's a great opportunity for me. And uh, it's uh, something that I've definitely wanted to, to be a part of for a while. So looking forward to um, getting Adidas basketball up and running, man. Unreal. Well, we're, we're super excited for you. Congratulations. I know I've said it a hundred times, but um, no, man, aside from the weather, I'm super jealous that you're going to be able to watch seven o'clock Eastern time NBA games at like four o'clock. And then you're going to be, you're going to be able to watch those epic golden state LA Lakers matchups at like what seven. So the time zone is definitely on your side. I love watching sports on the West coast because you get to watch it all. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Just can't wait to, can't wait to visit. Yeah, I know you guys need to figure that out. Um, yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'll be getting a pretty nice place temporarily for the, like the first two months uh, by the beach, I, th I think. So if you guys, you know, are looking to escape the weather, um, the, the place is the place is open, the door is open for you guys to come through. So I know you were asking me about some dates. So I'm just waiting on you guys to give me give me a weekend, a long weekend whenever you uh, you're free and we can uh, we can make it all work. 100%. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm definitely down, especially end of November. I think uh, Golden State's coming to the Staples Center to play the, the Clippers and the Lakers. So um, that would be an epic matchup. That'd be an epic uh, game to watch at the Staples Center of all places. Yeah, man, I, that's that's the one thing I don't know for sure yet if I'm going to be able to get uh, tickets to those games. But I think I should, you know, I, when I was in L.A. last week, I was able to uh, catch an L.A. Kings game. Not the same thing, but uh, that was a season opener. I was able to get tickets. So through work. So I'm hoping uh, uh, that's the same perk that I'm getting with the basketball uh, tickets with the Lakers and uh, Clippers too. No doubt. Well, hey, let's talk hoops, man. We, we probably could have connected a couple weeks ago, maybe even a month ago. But honestly, I, I was thinking about hitting you up and I was kind of like, you know, do we do a podcast on Ben Simmons? Do we do a podcast on Kyrie Irving? I'm so glad that we didn't because fast forward now to how things have panned out with both players. Like, you know, the Sixers called Ben Simmons bluff. Um, they real or they knew that he couldn't pass up on that money. He knew he couldn't pass up on that money. So there he is reporting back to training camp. Um, he's going to have to play for the Sixers. And Kyrie Irving, you know, big up to the Nets, standing their ground. Um, it's most likely that he's not going to play with the Brooklyn Nets for the indefinite future, the foreseeable future. Who knows? So um, the Nets still look really, really good without him. And uh yeah, I'm just glad we didn't waste our breath. Yeah, man. Uh, yo, those are, those are shitty situations for uh, two Atlantic Division teams. So I'm not even mad. You know, I, I hope it goes down the shithole for for both teams, and you know, we we don't, we don't have to worry about those those guys. But uh, yeah, th th that's gonna. Yeah, I don't want to talk about too much, but that's going to definitely affect both teams and and how they start the season and even how they they finish. Yeah, I mean. Like you said, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be an awesome season in terms of just the experience as a fan, being a Raptors fan and knowing that you can go to the Scotiabank arena at full capacity. Um, it's going to start feeling like real basketball again. Um, and there's so much to, there's so much to unpack really. Milwaukee's running it back. The, the nets are hopefully healthy. Um, you got the Raptors looking different than they have in the last 10 years since we've, since we can really remember right? This is going to be one of those seasons where um, a rebuild is sort of on the horizon, right? So 
out of everything that's going on, out of every, you know, all the shakeups that have happened around the league, um, who are you most excited about this season? Which team are you most excited about this season? Which team or teams are you going to be watching the closest? Uh, go ahead. Um, there were there were a few um, that that I had really that top of mind when when I thought about this. Um, and I'm I'm gonna it's this was tough honestly. There were two teams and both of them have former uh, Raptor All Stars, uh, but I'm gonna go with the Chicago Bulls as my team with for for the team that I'm most excited to watch one again, just because DeMar DeRozan, uh, you know, uh, newly added to that team, um, you know, alongside Lonzo Ball. Uh, they, they also got Alex Crusoe and Derek Jones uh, added to that roster. So they already had a core of Vucevic, who they traded for midseason last year, Zach Levine, breakout season, you know, won, won gold medal with the, the USA Olympic team. And then uh, second year player, Patrick Williams, um, really strong rookie season. So, you know, Billy Donovan is not new to this. He's, you know, coached OKC second or third year, I believe with the Chicago Bulls. So uh, there, a lot of, a lot of people are saying they're not going to even make like the, the top six and they're going to be a play-in team. I don't know about that. I know that, I know the East is tough and I know there's like, going to be a lot of competition uh, at the top of the conference there, but I just like their their team. I like, you know, again, they're going to have guys that can score in the mid-range, shoot the three, defend. I, I know one thing that people are calling out is their defense with like Vucevic and DeMar DeRozan, but they also got Patrick Williams, Caruso, Lonzo Ball, who are great, great uh, on-ball defenders. And, you know, they're just looking for um, that big guy that can kind of hold down the fort in the middle. So, um, I, I think Billy Donovan is a good enough coach to to get that done, um, and I think they have a lot of firepower. So Chicago Bulls are definitely my my, my number one team to watch for. I think I'm going to watch more Chicago Bulls games than I have since probably like the Derrick Rose era. So I'm excited, man. They've been kind of um, in the you know a bottom feeder in the East for a while now, but you know Chicago, such a storied franchise, and it's about time that they make some noise in the East and it's always good to, to see DeMar on a more competitive team. You know, he was out, um, out West with San Antonio for a few years and they didn't really, they weren't really able to build around him and uh, LaMarcus. So um, I'm excited to kind of see him as the, the leader of this team, a guy who's, you know, has that all-star experience, that playoff experience and, you know, alongside Lonzo Ball, who's going to be able to contribute um, and then, you know, Alex Crusoe, you know, I know he's kind of a fan favorite, like social media darling, but he's a guy that plays really hard defense and he's a champion. So I think adding that to the core that I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be really excited to, uh, to see how they do. Yeah, let me, um, I think I know what team you're going to say next. So <laughs> I want to touch on the Heat too, because I have them as one of my um, teams that I'm most excited to watch or I'll be, uh, you know, following pretty closely. I think that they're going to be my prediction and this this whole episode is going to be a, be about predictions right we're going to be eating our words probably in 3 months after some of these uh, some of these conversations that we have but i think the bulls are going to be top 10 in the league in offense i think that they're going to just score the ball at a extremely high clip i would even say top 5 potentially too um but i'm most excited because there's so many people in that organization that that have a chip on their shoulder I think the franchise in general, the Bulls haven't been relevant since like 2010. This is going to be a huge year for them because they made some splashes that raised a lot of eyebrows. Like 
signing DeMar DeRozan to that, to that, that contract, Vucevic, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, they have a really nice team that they've assembled. I think it's going to be big for the franchise because um, they're, they're technically top three biggest franchise in the NBA. And, and so for them to be so irrelevant for so long, there's going to be a lot of excitement in the Windy City. Um, the other thing I was going to say was even Billy Donovan, he's a coach that has something to prove. He's actually been on the coaching block for quite some time. So to see him now with competence is going to be interesting because it's kind of 50, 50, how people feel about him as a coach. You know, you get a lot of people saying that, well, he doesn't have that uh, personality to galvanate galvanize NBA players or get their respect, but he's also like a legendary collegiate coach. Right. So I think this is going to be a huge year for him to prove what he's about. And then Zach Levine, Zach Levine didn't extend with the Chicago Bulls, as far as I know, he hasn't signed an in, in, he hasn't signed an extension yet, and he's playing alongside Demar Derozan, who, who's experienced that before with Toronto. He knows how to bust his ass off and make that money, right? So I think for Zachary Levine, who is coming off a breakout year last year, I think he's got a level that he still needs to reach and that he will reach. Um, and I think that this is going to be a big year for him. And I think that uh, what what comes next for him is going to be a massive a massive check. Yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, he hasn't signed anything yet. And I think uh, they haven't gotten to that point because they want to see how how this goes. Because, yeah, he, I think he's eligible for the max. And if they max him out, they already gave huge money to Damar, to Lonzo, and to Vucevic. So I'm, I'm not even sure how that, that's going to work. They're probably going to be um, way over the, the tax. And they are a franchise that could probably afford it just because they have such a strong fan base. They sell out, you know, all, all home games and, um, you know, they, they just probably make a shitload of money on merch. So um, definitely a team to watch out for because, again, they're, they're good and, you know, they can, you know, probably sneak into the top four as like their ceiling. But, yeah, they just have a, they have a lot of talent, a lot of scoring the, the question mark will be who who's going to stop the ball for them on that side, who's going to, you know, be. On, on the assignment to to guard the Kawhi Leonard's, the Paul George's, the Giannis's of the world. And, um, I, you know, that's a lot to put on Patrick Williams, um, their second year player. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how we'll, we'll see how they do. I, I think I'm, I'm excited to watch them play. I think they're going to play at a good pace. They're going to play at a, um, you know, very like visually appealing style of basketball. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, but they're not, they're not going to try to, they're going to try to score before they try to get a stop. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So um, I, I like them and um, I, I think they're going to do better than what people are projecting for sure. I think there'll be a, definitely a top six team when, when it's all said and done. Again, the East is so stacked this year, much more stacked than you, you would usually see in the last five, 10 years when, you know, like a, a DeMar DeRozan Raptors led team would make a, you know, top two, top three for four or five years straight. I don't think that's going to happen again um, for, for a team in, the, in that same sense. But um, I, I, see, I see this team as a top 16 for sure. Yeah, who else is on your list? Uh, the other one was uh, Miami. Uh, I think Miami just definitely was, was the, the team that did the most in, t- in terms of improving their talent, in terms of improving their personnel uh, for the season. Again, another... Uh, Raptor legend Kyle Lowry joining that team um, a, a year older, but he's still, I think he's still going to be reliable. It's just if he's able to just stay healthy um, and because his, his, his games are very physical, you know, he's taking those charges. 
he's jumping all over the floor. He, he, you know, no, no, no breaks with that guy. It's just all gas, no breaks. And then they also have PJ Tucker at his toughness with Marquise Morris. And then adding that to the core of Jimmy Butler, Robinson, Hero, um, Bam. They're solid, man. They have a solid seven, eight teams and or seven, eight players. And that's really all you need to, um, you know, get, get at the top of the East and start, you know, having that rotation early on a team that you want to, you really don't want to see the playoffs. So I think they have a mix of toughness, uh, leadership with, with Butler and Kyle Lowry. Um, they have shooting with hero and Robinson and yeah, Bam is just kind of a, I, I think Bam is the, the biggest expert X factor for that team. A guy that not only plays really well defensively, but he's a really good facilitator at the high post, um, really good athletic rim runner too. And his shot is looking really good as well. So um, Miami Heat, again, they, they are probably a team that will be a top three team, top four team in the East. But I'm going to be more afraid of the Heat in the playoffs than I am of them in the regular season. Because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of rest for Kyle, a lot of rest for Jimmy. But once uh, playoffs hit, I really think this team has a legit chance of uh, making it to the finals. Yeah, they're also on my list. They're right under the Bulls. Um, my Vegas has them at 49 wins. I see that as very low because I just on a piece of paper right now, just wrote eight guys who can give them huge production. They got, I think Victor Oladipo is probably the most slept on one of the most slept on players in the NBA currently, you know, a lot of the talking heads right now are kind of lukewarm on how the heat are going to start their season, but I really don't understand it. Like Victor Oladipo, even if he's at 85% of who he was prior to getting injured, like he's a frightening scorer and he can defend pretty well too. Like people are just kind of forgetting that he's, he was kind of like an all NBA caliber player before getting injured. And I just don't see why he's not going to start the season being super productive for them and taking a lot of baggage off guys like Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Hero, um, who again, Tyler Hero, another guy that has something to prove after his sophomore slump, right? So you you got Victor Oladipo, you got Tyler Hero, you got Robinson, you got Lowry, you got Morris, you got PJ, you got Bam, you got Butler. Like those are eight guys right there um, that I would hate to see in the regular season, especially in the playoffs, right? So I think, and not to mention a top five coach. So I think that um, the ceiling is super high for the Heat. I think that if Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo are back to sort of where they were at apex or even close um really scary roster super scary yeah to your point i didn't even mention uh, oladipo i kind of forgot he was on that team um i know like he he declined a pretty big contract with the rockets last year and then got hurt so i think he's playing for uh, i'm not sure what it is probably like the not not the minimum but i forgot what the, the the whatever it's called the um Middle-level exception, sorry. Middle-level exception, that's called. Um, but yeah, yeah, I forgot he was on the team too. So another just, that's eight, nine really, really solid players, guys that have been in the playoffs, guys that have performed at a very high level. Um, they are a all-in team right now. And I, I again, I'm not, I'm not even, I don't think it's biased, but I honestly think they're, they're a really strong team. And I think they will definitely compete um, uh, in the East with the likes of the Bucks, the Nets. And um, yeah, man, I, I, I really like them. So yeah, those are, those are my top two teams. So uh, in terms of the most excitement that 
that I have towards any team. And then um, I don't want to go too much uh, longer on this, but I like Gold State too. I like what they're doing with their their rookies and Kaminga and Moody, uh, Moody Moses, Moses Moody. <laughs> Uh, uh, they also got like Otto Porter Jr., Bielitsa, Iggy's back on that team. And then, you know, the X factor of all X factors is Clay Thompson. So um, I, I like what they're doing too. I, I, they're probably going to trade Kaminga, Moody, and some of the younger pieces uh, to, to add more veteran presence to that team. But we'll see. We'll see. So those are my top three. I know that's a lot, but um, just wanted to quickly shout out the, the Golden State Warriors too, because I like what they've done uh, this past offseason. I got them in a different category that I'm going to bring up later. Um, my third team was actually the Jazz, and I think I'm going to be watching them closely for uh, for a few different reasons. Like, they, they remind me of the Raptors, just sort of where they are now. You know, letdown after letdown after letdown, um, just failing to advance in the, in the playoffs after such tremendous regular season success. You know, growing up in the Raptors, it was always it was always LeBron James. But for the Jazz, it's been it's been several things. Like they lost to the they lost to the Nuggets in the uh, in the bubble. They lost to the Clippers last season, and um, they've always come out come off really successful regular season. So the reason why I'm going to be watching them so closely is because I think they're not. I don't think they're going to skip a beat during the regular season. I think they're still going to shoot the three ball at an extremely high clip. Um, I think they're going to do exactly what they did all regular season, last season, this season. But I'm going to be watching Donovan Mitchell pretty closely. I think that he's going to have a very good year. He was injured sort of towards like the last quarter of the regular season, then going into the playoffs. I think that Donovan Mitchell, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like fringe MVP conversation candidate. Um, I just think he's that talent wise, he's at that level. Uh, but there's a lot of rumblings about his his uh, happiness in Utah, you know, and I think there's going to be a lot of eyes watching him. There's gonna be, he's going to be all over the rumor mills. I feel like the Stephen A. Smith, the Skip Bayless, he's going to be all over the rumor mills throughout the season. That's a prediction that I have that Donovan Mitchell, um, I think Damian Lillard's going to do a good job of like calming the noise, right? He's going to put out an Instagram tweet in the Rose Garden, like Portland, I'm here to stay. But I think Donovan Mitchell is going to be very subliminal I don't think he's going to be very forward. I don't think he's going to, um, I think he's going to fan the fire. And I, I could just see him being a, a target for trades throughout the entire season. Yeah. If they, if they don't start off strong, like they did last year, what they were like 20 and like four or something last year, start the season, I believe. And then, um, yeah. And there, there's some rumblings about, you know, his, his injury status for um, the start of the playoffs last year. So um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think really, I think he'll probably give them another year, another shot at it. You know, they sell Mike Conley, um, Gobert again, a player that, you know, I, I, he plays really well in the regular season, but then once teams really focus and set their strategy and game, uh, game plan with, with, with the goal or with the Utah jazz for a seven game series, um, especially with the way that, you know, the NBA is evolving. He's, He's kind of a tough player to put in, especially even though you're what two-time defensive player of the year. Um, teams will look to stretch him out, get him in foul trouble, foul him because he's not a great free throw shooter. Um, and you know, I, I think once, uh, yeah, once this season's over, depending on how they do, I think they'll do do well. You know, again, again, they they probably could have made it to the finals last year if they just had be, being the Clippers who were shorthanded without. Kawhi last year 
And then I think they match up really well against the Suns. Uh, unfortunately for them, Mike Conley got hurt in uh, in in that series. So, um, you know, I think it's just that breakout game too. Yeah. So it's just yeah. I, I like I like your comparison with with them and the Raptors and kind of they just need to find finally get over that hump. And if they're able to make a move, maybe in the uh, you know trade deadline and pick someone up like with how the Raptors picked up uh, Marcus Saul and that took them over the hump and kind of put that whole team together. Um, if they're able to do something like that, you know, trade one of the young guys, do something that will, you know, kind of mortgage your future a little bit, but you want to win now. There's a window. Tuan, Tuan, how about this? How about you do what Masai did and you get rid of one of your better players, if not your best player, Rudy Gobert, to a team that needs him. And then you match Donovan Mitchell up with a stud. Hey, man, I'm, I'm all for that. If, if they're able to find a team that is able to, you know, give a similar player, but a premier player on the, on the chopping block, that, that, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Like who, who, who's out there right now? So you got Dame out there, uh, Kyrie out there. How about, um, yeah, like they have, they got options. I don't know if the team really wants, uh, Gobert's $200 million contract though. They're, they're going to be handcuffed to that. I don't think I can handle Kyrie in Utah either. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just like the religious aspect of it. Oh my gosh. I don't think I can handle that. Uh, that'd be a sight to see for sure. Um, but no, that's a good idea, man. I don't, I don't know what, what, what options they have, but uh, that's going to be a tough contract to unload if he doesn't play well uh, this offseason or this, this play, uh, playoff, playoff coming up. Sorry. So I have another category, um, most confusing teams. And I guess what I mean by that is like who you could see sort of going either way you know, either kind of like underwhelming season or like hitting their ceiling, hitting their stride and an overwhelming season. And I think for me that that team is Golden State. You know, I have two teams, but the first one's Golden State. Um, Vegas has their, Vegas has MF 49 wins. I don't know if they'll be over or under. I really don't. I almost want to take the under only because for those first few months without clay, I, it's really hard to say who they're going to be. Um, Steph Curry is probably a player that I could see in the MVP um, race with Kevin Durant. That's kind of like how I see the season panning out. I think Curry's going to pick up exactly where he left off. Um, he's still going to be one of the most exciting players in the NBA to watch as he always is, but I really don't know what their team is going to look like with and without clay. And for that reason, I kind of have them sort of, as a big, I don't know. No, that's fair. That's fair. I think that kind of, uh, kind of echoes what I was saying, how, you know, that they're probably one of the more exciting things for me to watch just because they added that veteran presence, but they also have younger dudes that they're going to depend on like Kaminga and Moody. And um, really, yeah, it depends on wake when clay comes back, how, how much sustainability there will be in steps play because he's going to have to shoulder a lot like last year, you know, how, um, even though they had Wiggins, they had Ubre, um, just those guys weren't enough. And I don't think Kuminga and Moody are going to be, you know, even comparable to them on an offensive level. I'm not sure how they are defensively. Uh, but you know, I think they're going to log a lot of minutes because they are young talent and they probably want to display how good these guys can be and then make a pull the trigger on a more, you know, uh, seasoned, more uh, proven player uh, to add to that playoff roster. 
So honestly, they could, if, if they have one injury to, to Steph and he's out for uh, a certain amount of time, he, they could definitely be under the 49 win mark and even miss the playoffs because of how strong the, the West is. You know, all, all these teams are, or all these division or conferences are very top heavy now. You know, you got like four or five really strong teams and then it kind of like uh, tapers off a little bit there. Um, but for me, the most confusing team, and I don't even think they're, they're that confusing. I just, I'm just kind of confused at what they're doing because uh, I don't even think they can be that good. Um, and, and that team for me is the, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, the, the, the first thing that, you know, I think the, the best move that they did last year was trading for Jared Allen. I, I forgot what they traded him. They, they got him for scraps in that James Harden deal. And then the, the head scratching move was drafting Evan Mobley, which I get, you know, that's cool. Great pick. Cause he's the best player available. You don't really have a, you know, talented team, you know, sure. You've got Sexton, you got Garland, you had Larry Nance, you, you want, you want to pick the best player and he, he could, you know, eventually potentially be the, the best player to come out of this draft. But then the, the, the next move that kind of, I, I don't really understand it at all is training away, a first round pick to the Chicago Bulls to, to get Laurie Markkinen, who is probably at the lowest trade value of his career. Uh, didn't have a great season last year with the Bulls, came off the bench and then signing him to a 60 million, $67 million contract over four years. So you're giving Jared Allen $100 million. Laurie Markkinen is $67 million. You draft a, a young rookie who needs playing time, who who's going to be able to, or who needs to kind of, play through his mistakes and get better that way. I don't understand why you're trying to build this team that is, you know, just all about bags. Um, and they, I, I believe they just signed like Taco Fall to a contract too. So um, yeah, I'm not sure what they're doing there. I, I really like Mobley as a, as a prospect. I think he has huge talent and he, he can be a really good player. Um, I'm, just, I'm just not sure about the team that they're building around him, especially with, again, guys like Colin Sexton, who, can score 24 points a game like he did last year, but he's going to ball hog. Um, he's not going to, you know, look for the bags. Um, he's going to look to get his own. And then you also have Darius Garland, another ball dominant player who I think he's a little more uh, a playmaker, a better def defender and not as undersized, but they got two small dudes playing on the perimeter there. And um, I just don't see it for them. Um, you know, they, they got BJ Bickerstaff again, who, Hasn't had the greatest track, track, track record um, with his time in Houston, his time in Memphis. So he hasn't proven to be able to do anything with a young team. And um, I just think they don't really have a, a game plan here. Uh, they're just looking to continue to be a treadmill team, you know, maybe compete for the, the 10th, 11th spot in the, the playoff or the play-in game, which again, that, that's where you don't want to be. I really hope the Raptors aren't in that space. Uh, but this team, I'm so confused about where they're going, how they're going to do, you know, they, they could surprise me, you know, that, that, that could be definitely a thing and I could be eating a lot of crow, but I really don't see it with this team. There's just two, they're, they're good talents, but I just don't think the pieces match up. Um, and I'm not sure if they're just waiting for next year's draft to be able to get that top tier dude. But, um, yeah, that's, that's my, my team that I'm most confused about coming into the season. Yeah, that's a guy. They fell off my awareness radar. Um, but yeah, I mean, from what I've been listening to, what I've been reading, sounds like people are, are pretty actually bullish on them to 
to be like a uh, like a kind of like an Atlanta or a New York Knicks of last year, you know, to actually um, to turn some heads. But I, I I believe your rationale, like it's I buy into that what you're saying. Um, for me, I'd say my second most confusing team could be my first. And again, it's just based on what I'm listening to from some of the talking heads and how excited they are about them. And I really don't see why they're excited about them. Um, they've done a coaching change that um, is highly questionable, but it was kind of time had run its course. And the player that uh, the player that uh, they build around doesn't really have much around him. And that's, that's the Dallas Mavericks, right? That's Luka Doncic. And so many people that I'm listening to right now are talking about how you know, they think he could be an MVP this year, which I strongly agree. He definitely could. But in terms of making a playoff push, like to me, they really haven't done much to their roster over the off season. They've kind of just continued to hope and pray that Kristaps Porzingis uh, does something for them. Right. And that's sort of, that's sort of where they're at again, right. They're just hoping that this year is going to be different from previous years. And he's willing to accept that secondary role beside Luka Doncic and I mean, other than him, I'm looking at like Tim Hardaway Jr., nice player, Dwight Powell, nice player, Reggie Bullock, nice player. Um, if Chris Porzingis can can produce, like he's a fantastic player too, but I just saw Luka Doncic do so much last year, and I feel like his load is going to be just as big, if not bigger, especially if he's trying to get that MVP uh, trophy this year. And I think that by the time you get to the playoffs, like this guy's going to be out of steam. Yeah, that hey, that's I actually think you're you're on the right there. Is with me I, when I'm looking at what the Dallas Mavericks have done. Nothing. They haven't done anything. Like you said, they haven't done anything. They 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 got Reggie Bullock, who I actually like a lot, and that's the most significant they move. Uh, significant move they made. Uh, they lost Josh Richardson, so uh, he's now with the Boston Celtics, I believe. So. Um, yeah, they, they, they've been with the same team for the next, what, it's coming up to three years now. And I think, yeah, they are banking a lot on uh, Chris Staff because they gave up a lot for him. Um, they signed him to that big deal. And he's and unmovable. I think, yeah, he's unmovable now because he's just too injury prone. And he's, you know, the 7-2 unicorn who, when, when, when he's healthy, when he's playing well, and he's, you know, got some games under his belt, he's, he's a fantastic second player. Fantastic. And he, he does kind of fit with what Luca does because Luca is, you know, a heavier guard, a bigger guard who likes to post up on little guys. He likes to, you know, facilitate. Um, but they just don't have that consistent second, third option that, uh, that, that Luca can just give the ball to and be like, hey, I need a bucket from you because I'm fucking exhausted. I'm playing 40 minutes a game, you know, averaging 30, 10 and 10. I just need someone to help me out here. And they don't really got that. Like Jim Hart, Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, is a really good player. I, I like him a lot, but he's just not that third option. You know, he's a nice fourth option, a guy that can kind of um, get hot, you know, have a heat check here and there. Uh, but they're, they're just miss, still missing that one piece, that one piece that complements Luca. I'm not sure who that is. Uh, I'm not sure how they're going to get it uh, because, you know, of, of all the assets they gave out to the Knicks and, whoever else to get Chris Tapps and um, now they're just kind of waiting it's a waiting game for them to kind of make that next move until Chris Tapps becomes a expiring contract or you know maybe he plays well and they look to trade trade him off because there have been trade rumors throughout last year all of last year after uh, 
uh, they lost to the Clippers the year before, um, where, you know, he just hasn't been able to stay healthy and they're looking to unload that contract so they can make moves. But I think they're kind of stuck at this point. And that's probably the worst thing you can do when you have this type of player, this generational talent that will be a top two, top three player in the league for the next five, 10 years. Um, you know, when you look at AD, when you look at Zion, we look at those guys that are, are, are you know, super, super talents that just don't have that t- player, the, the player development and the second, third option around them. It's tough to build a championship team. And I, I, I hear you, man. There's been a lot of guys that are really bullish on them. And I'm not one of them. I just don't think um, they can, the, the West is way too hard to, to even get out of the first round. You know, when you get out of the first round out of after a six, seven game bloodbath, you're gonna have to play the Lakers, the Suns, the Jazz, you know, the Clippers, whoever else. Like it's it's not it's not an easy road. And I don't think they they have enough to get out of the first round. Um this year, unless they make a big move again, th- there's still a lot of time to to see the players develop, to see how the team gels together and possibly make a move at the trade deadline or before that. But with the team currently constructed, I don't think that they are um, even a second round team, to be honest. No, absolutely. And, you know, one thing we didn't even mention was the fact that they got rid of Rick Carlisle and they got rid of a, re- a legendary coach who's going to do great things with the Indiana Pacers. There's, there's so many teams to talk about, man. Like we haven't, we haven't even scratched the surface, like the Pacers, the, the Hawks, uh, yeah. The Hornets, like there's so many f- going to be, there's gonna be so many fun narratives, so many fun teams this year, but um, losing Rick Carlisle is a huge blow. Um, I know like the Mavericks haven't made the playoffs in like 10 years, but that's not Rick Carlisle's fault. Um, he's a champion. He's a championship pedigree coach. He knows how to win. And he's one of the, I'd say he's one of the, the rare coaches in the league, Nick nurse being one of them, Greg Popovich being one of them, Spolstra being one of them where regardless of what they have, they squeeze every ounce of talent out of their rosters. Like you get, you, you get into these 50, 50 games with good teams that you have no business being in because of your coach. And I I don't think Jason Kidd is even on the same level. And I don't know what Jason Kidd's going to add other than like a mentorship to a guy like Luka Doncic, but in terms of X's and O's schematics, playing in a grueling West where, your roster is super thin and you're going to need to milk those games out of the Tim Hardaway juniors out of the boy on or the Bobons, right? Like um, that's coaching and Luka Doncic. I really want him to be successful. I want the Mavericks to be successful. I hope he's an NBA, uh, an MVP candidate, but um, I'm really worried about, uh, you know, who's leading them at the helm because again, like it's those, it's those boring mundane regular season games that, it's your coach that really gets you through them more than anything. Yeah. And he hasn't again, he he's, he's coached the nets when they, they were had the Paul Pierce, the KG, the Joe Johnson teams. Um, he coached the bucks when, you know, Giannis was, um, you know, a young player. So he definitely has um, the, the track record to develop those superstars in, you know, turn them to the top tier players in the league. But yeah, I'm not sure how, how he's going to be able to bring, yeah, squeeze more than what he can get from this team. Cause I, again, even if he becomes the best coach in the league, I just don't think that roster um, works um, and just doesn't seem like a team or a recipe for success, especially in the West. So I, I, again, I, I, we'll see how Jason Kidd has, you know, he's, he's taking a few years off. 
he he won a championship with the Lakers as an assistant. So he he definitely has, um, you know, he has a view of what it takes to win. And I think, you know, just m- maybe taking a few years off where he's not the lead guy anymore, take some time off. You know, he's been playing basketball. He could, he, I believe he was hard as a, a coach of the Nets, like the, the year after he retired. So he's been with, you know, um, not only the leading guard when he was playing, but the, you know, the lead man for, for the few years after he retired. So maybe it was like a good, t- good time for him to take a step back. And now he has that lead role again with the Dallas Mavericks. He has a support of a, you know, a great owner and he has a generational talent. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think, you know, I'm not sure what their Vegas over under number is, but um, you know, if, if Luca can play at that all-star level, honestly, we know in the NBA, you just need one really good guy, some complimentary players, and you can do really, really well. And if Jason Kidd can match that same level of intensity, same level of competitiveness as Luca, um, they could maybe, you know, go over that Vegas Vegas number, but I just don't see it in the playoffs. Yeah, it's funny when you look at their coaching staff, Darrell Armstrong, um, Igor Kokoskov, um, Sean Sweeney, Christy Tolliver from the WNBA. Nice. Um, and then they got Jared Dudley in my favorite. They got God Sham God on their team. Sham God. Yeah. <laughs> I think Sham God's been with them for a while, but uh, yeah, yeah well, they, good for they, Sham God. He actually has a good staff around him. Um, that always helps. Good brain trust. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I could see the Dallas Mavericks um, being atrocious as in terms of like their, their regular season record. But um, I could see Luka Doncic also just playing out of his mind and um, and lifting that team. Again, he's one of those guys like the only the only player that I can think of that can lift a mediocre roster um, like he does is LeBron. Like his ability to do that is very LeBron-esque. Yeah, even last year, remember they 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 came off uh, they came they came out of the gates so poorly last year. I think they were five hundred like under five hundred like fifteen twenty games through the season. And I think they you know picked it up a little bit more. But um, yeah, if they get get down to like a if they get off to a really shitty start, it's gonna be really tough for them to get back. And you know you really don't want to be one of those teams that play in that playing game. You know it's just one game or two games for whatever seed. But you definitely don't want to be a part of that. You want to be. Uh, one of the top six teams, six teams, and I don't think they 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 get there. Um, I feel like there's a few more teams that we have to talk about, just out of respect. Um, I think we should do a recap of the finals in terms of we should just talk about the Bucks, we should talk about the Suns. They deserve it because um, they're in the finals last year. Uh, let's talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. They're the they're the reigning NBA champs. They're going to have a, a target on their back for the entire regular season. They were a Kevin Durant toe away from not being in the finals and not winning an NBA championship. But as they say, basketball is a game of inches. Um, it's a make or miss league. And uh, the, the Bucks are a byproduct of those sayings, right? So um, how do you see their season unfolding? Vegas has them at 55 wins. Um, how do you, where, do you see, where do you see the trajectory of their, of their season? Oh, I, I actually like the Bucks a lot. I like them a lot. Um, I think, I forget. No, I, I, I didn't pick them to win last year. I think I, I, I said they would be the, they would lose to the Nets last year. But I like them a lot this year, man. I like, I like what I saw from Giannis in the playoffs. I really like what I saw from Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton was a killer in the finals. He's that, he was that missing piece because you know, we know Giannis isn't going to be that crunch time player that you, that you give the ball to with 20 seconds left. 
um, in the game. And I think they found Chris Milton. He was able to show that throughout the playoffs. He was clutch in every single way. Um, Drew Holiday, again, he had some poor shooting games, but he brings it on the defensive side of the um, the ball. And, man, they have a championship now. And I think we always talk about, you know, championship pedigree, you know, you being a champion changes the – uh, how you view yourself, how you view your teammates, how you view your franchise. We saw saw that with the Raptors, even though they lost Kawhi uh, two seasons back, and you know almost made it to the Eastern Conference Finals with you know losing to the to the Celtics, who were vastly more talented. And um, we just saw them fight and always you know be in regular season games. And we know the Bucks love winning the regular season matchup. So. I think they definitely go over that 55. I think a lot of people are sleeping on them because they're not that exciting. They, you know, they're, they're a team that just Giannis is not the most exciting player. Of course, it's not shooting. He doesn't, you know, he's not flashy. He's just strong, powerful, and just gets uh, gets the, you know, the makes the rights play. Uh, defensive player of the year, MVP, finals MVP. This guy is sacking up trophies. So I, I really like them. They haven't made any changes. I know they lost P.J. Tucker, but again, P.J. Tucker was not great for them last year. You know, he, he sure he guarded Kevin Durant probably the best you could as, as you know, a smaller power forward or center or whatever you want to call him, but he could not, you know, hit, hit the side of a uh, backboard. Like, you know, he was just not a very good offensive player. They were playing four and five, some, some nights with him on the floor. So I think losing him isn't a big deal. Um you know, of course, he 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 was a part of that sh- that that team, but I just don't think that he's he was uh you know one of the top five players on the team that really contributed to that. So, you know, I think Bobby Portis will have a much bigger role. Um, they, they got Grayson Allen. You know, George Hill is still there. Um, even Semi Ojale from the from the Celtics is uh, a decent piece to add to that depth roster or, or depth chart. So, um, yeah, they're, I think they're just playing on the table because everyone's talking about. 76ers and Ben Simmons, the Nets and Kyrie. Um, you know, they're even talking about Atlanta and Trey and New York and Randall and a lot of te- like, again, they're kind of a team that had to go through all these trials and tribulations, lose 2-0 or, you know, up 2-0 against the Raptors, lose, gets, you know, get spanked by the Heat. And then last year, they just kind of just, again, another under under the radar team. A lot of people thought, oh, they're playing the Heat in the first round. That's going to be a loss. They swept them. They play the Nets. A lot of people saying that's a sweep or that's good. They're going to get killed. Sure, they got some some fortunate bounces in terms of um, the KD shot or just uh, injuries. But again, you play to whatever your opponent's able to, you know, offer up, and they were able to beat them. And you know, I think Atlanta Hawks were just a year, probably a year too, way too early from where their projection. So they beat the shit out of them. So again, and the Suns. They, they, they were down 2 nothing against the Suns. They had to find something within them to get back into the series, and they dominated four games in a row. So I really like them this year. I'm still kind of, you know, on the fence about picking them as, as the finals, finalists for the Eastern Conference, but um, I, I like them a lot. What, what are your thoughts on them? Yeah, I'm, I'm sleeping on them a bit. I'm, I, to be honest, I really, really, really like the Atlanta Hawks this year. Um, they actually just re-signed um, Kevin Herter today, four years, 64 mil. Uh, but they added Lou Williams. Uh, but yeah, Gallinari, Lou Williams, Clint, Clint Capella, Herter, Bogdanovich, Trey Young, John Collins. 
um, Kongwu. Like, I think that, um, well, I'm not going to go too deep into it just yet, but let's talk about the Bucks. Um, I definitely like your point about coming off a championship and we saw what it did to the Raptors in the bubble. Um, they played with such a completely different, like, uh, swagger and a confidence about them. Their season got derailed 100% by the bubble, losing to Boston in game seven. Um, I thought we could have went deeper that year, but you, it was really cool to see a team coming off a finals run without their superstar player still still acting like the defending champs, right? And I think that Milwaukee will will operate with a very similar swagger. The only thing that concerns me about Milwaukee, you can't take anything away from their championship because we've seen lucky bounces go our way as well with injuries and literally lucky bounces. But I feel like they still have, um, I still feel like Boonholzer still has um, game management issues that he's going to have to sort out. I think that Giannis still has playmaking and shooting or free throw shooting issues that he's still going to have to um, sort out. And, you know, it's tough. Like I, I just see too many teams in the East with, with more upside offensively. Like, I just think that you put them in a, in a grudge match against the heat and I'm taking the heat. Um, I might even take the Hawks. I'm taking the nets. And so I just see those like top four teams in the West, those top four or five teams, sorry, in the East. I think it's going to be a grudge match. I think it's going to be an absolute bloodbath um, in the, in the top tier of the Eastern conference, but I'm sleeping on them a bit. I, I still think that they just have some things that they need to figure out, but Giannis definitely did make a leap in the finals. And if, if he's going to play with that much, like I don't give a F like he did in those like last three games in the finals, then yeah, we're dealing with a completely different animal. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. That's, that's my thinking too. And like, like you said, man, Atlanta's nice. I'm not going to lie. They did. They did really, they even added, they drafted well too. They had, they drafted well. I know they, uh, I think believe they got Jalen Johnson and yeah, then um, Sharif Cooper, who, who didn't have a great year at Auburn, but still a, like a talented player. Um, they, they have DeLon right now too. By the way, so that's just right. another a good, really solid, tall point guard, sharp shooting guard. You know, we saw this saw him with his time with the Raptors, with the the Grizzlies, with the Kings, I believe. Um, I, he's been jumping. He's he's been traded a few times here, but Delon Wright's still a very good player. So, adding just that uh, solid backup um, to play behind Trey, um, and yeah, man, John John Collins is playing at another level you can kind of just see in the way that he he plays now you know he's very confident in his jump shot um his bouncing his or his, his bounces off the off, off the map now he's just he's, he's a monster now so I really like what I saw from him and yeah what I, I don't think they really lost anyone from from their core last year so they still got a really strong team you know with Capella down holding down the fort and you know they got great shooters around them yeah Herder got paid a pretty big amount, build like 65, $67 million over four years. So, um, you know, they're, they're just signing the right players. They're adding the right complimentary players to Trey Young. And I think they go as far as Trey does. If he improves this year, becomes a better ball handler, becomes a, you know, doesn't turn the ball over as much, looks to facilitate a little more and just becomes a little better at a, as a free uh, three-point shooter. Um, I, I think they make a strong push in the playoffs too. Yeah, he made a leap in the playoffs. I mean, against the Knicks, against the Bucs, um, yeah. became the facilitator that people were 
sort of hoping that he would eventually grow into. And he, he did it at a super, he accelerated his growth. I remember we were talking on a podcast. I'm like, this is one thing this guy needs to do. And I just don't think he's going to do it. Therefore, I think I took the Knicks in like five um, and he surprised everyone. And I think that he, he, uh, he turned himself into a villain at MSG. And he just seems like one of those guys that, that wants, that says, bring it on. You know, he, he's ready for the challenge. And I gained a ton of respect for that guy. I'm excited to watch them play. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Phoenix Suns, I, I, again, another team that I'm sleeping on. I, I personally don't think that they're going to uh, make it back to the Western Conference Finals. I know that the Clippers are going to be without Kawhi for probably the entire season. I mean, we'll never know. He'll never say. They'll never say. But it seems that way you know, a torn ACL and coupled with how much that guy likes to rest as it is. Um, I could see him even just starting to play again and, and ramping it up like closer to the playoffs and just having a, having a, having a, an excuse to just uh, rest his body for that long period of time. But yeah, I mean, the Suns. I think internally, whatever's going on with Aiton is going to materialize on the basketball court only because he's so young. You know, when, when a guy of, when a guy, his age is uh, disgruntled or maybe doesn't feel as appreciated, you know, history would suggest that um, it's going to show on the court. And I think that, um, yeah, Chris Paul is definitely going to have his work cut out for, for him in terms of like leadership and, you know, making sure that team is uh, t- together because like signing Mikhail Bridges and uh, not, figuring out the Aiton thing is huge in my opinion for the locker room dynamics. Right. Um, and I think, I just think that there's teams ahead of them that, that are going to like, I think the Lakers who we haven't talked about once yet, I think uh, the Lakers, the nuggets, um, hopefully the warriors. I just think that there's so many teams ahead of them. Yeah, they, they definitely were the uh, beneficiary of uh, just bad luck for a few teams um, you know, they were probably the healthiest team, uh, all through last year, all through the, the, the playoffs and yeah, they're still really young again. They, they're, they're, they're kind of like the Atlanta Hawks where they, they were probably a way, a year way, uh, earlier than people expected for them to, to make this push again. I know they were the second, um, best team in the West in the regular season last year. So definitely can't, you know, say that they, they, they were a surprise team like the Hawks who, I believe with a fifth seed. So, um, but yeah, they're still mad young, man. They got who they got, uh, Cameron Johnson, Cameron Payne, Devin Booker, um, Mikhail Bridges, like you said, uh, Ain, um, and yeah, they're, 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 they're just so young and they just have that, you know, obviously the, the best leader in the game, Chris Paul, but he's another year older. They just signed him to what a pretty big four-year contract. So they're, they're stuck with that. So if they don't get it done this year, the next year, it's just going to be, um, you know, as, uh, as we say, it's like, you know, the age, if these guys will age poorly if they hit a wall and Chris Paul is getting old um, and we'll, we'll, we'll see how he continues to play. They don't really have that, that backup center that, or not backup center back point guard that can really depend on like Cameron Payne. Sure. He played well last year, but um, he just hasn't shown enough in the NBA. Again, he's been, you know, overseas the last few years, bouncing around quite a bit. So uh, interesting to see how he does as that backup to CP as he gets more rest, as you know, he takes more games off. Um, I, I believe they got 
Alfred Payne from New York too. So um, that another, you know, another player to compete against uh, for that backup Porkett spot. Uh, but I don't, I don't think the Suns uh, make that same push. I'm sure that I think they'll definitely be a contending team just because again, they have that confidence. Devin Booker, again, I think just playing in the Olympics, winning that gold medal, playing against with and against really good players um, uh, with his time in Tokyo, I think that definitely changes a team, a player's mentality. And maybe he just takes it to another level and maybe the Suns do, um, you know, run it back again and, um, maybe they do make, make another big run, but I don't see it. Uh, just too many good teams, like you said, in the in, in the West. Uh, but I, again, they, they could definitely be a strong uh, regular season team. I'm just not sure how they perform in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, right after I made that statement, I just wrote down five teams. And I mean, the Suns are among these teams. Like the Clippers are out without Kawhi. So you got the Lakers, you got the Jazz, you got the Nuggets. We said Golden State and Dallas were two highly questionable teams. You know, we got to see what happens. The Suns pretty much have their exact same roster and they just came off a finals debut. So like, why can't they be the fourth seed? Why can't they be the third seed? Um, I kind of want to retract my statement. Like the Western Conference isn't as stacked as we sort of grew up always assuming it to be. we haven't even mentioned the trailblazers. I don't see, like I could see them being a playoff team. Don't get me wrong, but bottom feeder for sure. Uh, the Grizzlies bottom feeder until they prove us wrong, but the Suns, I mean, if they, if they can get their chemistry together and the eight thing isn't um, uh, a problem in the locker room, like the Suns could be right there again. I think the Lakers have way more to figure out than the Suns. Uh, well, <laughs> Do you want to do you want to talk about the Lakers? I think that I think that's that's gonna be a lot to unravel with that with them. Well, I, just... I think with the Lakers, there it's a lot to unravel. We should maybe talk about it after tomorrow's game uh versus Golden sure, sure. State because basically it's gonna will this work or not? Like I it's really up in the air. It depends on what Westbrook you're gonna get, it depends on what Anthony Davis you're gonna get. Anthony Davis was not good last year. Um it depends on what LeBron's going to look like in his 19th season or 18th season or 20th season, whatever it is now. Right. So yeah, I mean, the Lakers are, they give me a headache. I don't even know <laughs> where to start with them. So maybe it's best to not. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Let's, let's wait, wait till our next pod when we recap the first three games of the season, uh, talk more about them. Cause yeah, they made a lot of changes. We could have like an hour chat about the Lakers to be honest, but yeah, let's, let's leave that for another pod. Yeah, I mean, before we wrap up, um, what's your finals prediction, if you were to say? Finals prediction coming out from the East. That would be a fucking hot take. But I think it's the Miami Heat coming out from the East. And then from the West, I just got to give it to the Lakers. I just think they're way too... um, yeah, they're way too seasoned. They're way too um, talented as, you know, even the old core. I think they just, they got too many players. If Lamella or if Carmelo doesn't play well, they still got some young legs and Taylor Horn. They got Malik Monk. They got Chris Dunn. Oh, not Chris Dunn. Um, what's his name? Kendrick Dunn. Sorry. Kendrick Nunn. Sorry. Kendrick Nunn. Um, yeah, I just, man, yeah, they, they, they're, they're sick. I don't know. I, I like the Lakers. I like their roster. Not, not no LA Homer yet. I just, even before, you know, obviously 
the announcement. I, I've, I just kind of like their, their season, older veteran team. And uh, we'll see. I don't know. I think Westbrook, if he's able to just make that adjustment, make, you know, just become a better player facilitator, don't jack up those dumbass shots, they'll be good. But he's definitely their dark horse in terms of like a negative X factor and a positive X factor. It all depends on Westbrook. But I think it's the Lakers and Miami Heat, a, a, pre, a, ma- or a rematch of the bubble finals. And uh, I think the Miami Heat win, win the NBA championship. I know it's far reaching, but I just like, I like what they did. I like what they did. They got winning players. They got just a solid team. Um, and um, yeah, man, let's, uh, let, let's see how that goes. But I, I like the Miami Heat. Yeah, I mean, the Miami Heat are making it to the NBA Finals if Harden or Kevin Durant are injured. Um, I mean, we need to talk, like, tomorrow we got, we got Milwaukee playing the Nets. We definitely have to recap that match. And then we got, we got the Lakers playing the Warriors. Definitely another matchup that we have to talk about um, after seeing all these teams finally play, right? Um, the Brooklyn Nets are effing stacked with or without Kyrie. They... They look so good on paper. It is so frightening, and there's nothing that's going to get in their way except themselves. The only thing that can stop the Nets this year are the Nets. So if something does happen, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see an injury. I hope it doesn't happen. wouldn't surprise me to see some, like, internal turmoil. Um, But if, if, if they're just gliding and having fun and playing good basketball, then I think it's they're making it straight to the NBA Finals. I think... I think it's going to be Durant and Curry um, for the MVP race this year, or maybe Durant and uh, Doncic, but it's definitely going to be Durant. If he's healthy, he's the runner up for MVP, if not the MVP this year. Um, So yeah, I got nets. And then I actually, my Western conference finals, I think it's going to be the nuggets and the Lakers. I think Aaron Gordon is going to have a very Victor Oladipo ish year. Another guy that just has so much to prove. Um, Went to the Denver Nuggets mid-season from Orlando and couldn't really figure out his role, his niche. But the guy is, you know, one of one in the top one percent in terms of athleticism in the NBA. And uh, I think his ceiling is super high, and he's capable of so much, especially with a guy like Jokic. Not to mention Porter Jr. has a lot to prove after making all that money. And hopefully Jamal Murray comes back, com- comes back healthy, and comes back playing well. Right. Um, the Nuggets were a team that we, I think a lot of people expected to make it to the final or the conference finals, if not the finals last year. So it would, it would be really cool to see them uh, have some success. So I don't know. I think I'm going Nuggets Nets. I like that. Uh, honestly, if the, if uh, Jamal was healthy, Nuggets would have been my pick. I'm just, that's he, obviously he's their second best player. Without him, I don't think they go as far. You kind of saw the limitations of how their team looked because of how young Michael Porter Jr. is. Um, and, you know, just Jamal brings so much energy, just brings so much offensive punch to that team. Um, and again, he's, he's, he's also a very good playmaker. So I think with, without him, and we don't know how he's going to look after that, that ACL tear, um, again, uh, he, he's definitely one of the harder workers, so I don't, I don't have any, um, uh, you know, issues with him. I'm sure he's going to come back stronger than ever, but, uh, you just never know what those type of injuries and how those players, you know, deal with it mentally. 
But if he was if he was still healthy on this team and he started the season, I, I would pick the Denver Nuggets as well. But um, until I see uh, Jamal kind of back at 80, 90, 100%, then, yeah, I'm just going to go with uh, uh, the, the Lakers just because of, of their of their team and kind of what uh, that that roster has proven so far. Yeah, I mean, we haven't even talked about the Raptors. My goodness, we have so much to talk about, man. But uh, <laughs> let's quickly touch on the Raptors, and then we can call it a night. And then, you know, I'm so excited for tomorrow's matchups. We can uh, we can have another podcast later on in the week and sort of yeah, unpack sure. the first couple games. But the Raptors, man, I think uh, I think it's going to be a much different year than we've known them to be in the last 10 years uh, where it was always like, where are they going to finish within like the top four in the Eastern conference and how deep are they going to go in the playoffs? Now it's uh, the, it's, it looks uncertain, you know, are they even going to make the playoffs? Um, I mean, I have my predictions about that team. I think that they're going to have a pretty successful regular season, but uh, let me know your thoughts. Yeah. Just like what you said, they, they are a team that is kind of middling in the, um, you know, in the, in the uh, play-in game, if, you know, that's kind of what they're probably hoping for. It's just, yeah, again, the East is very top-heavy this year. Um, what I like about the Raptors this year, I love what I see from Scotty Barnes. I've watched every uh, preseason game, and this kid just brings a new energy that um, that's that's missing. You know, we, we, we have uh, Pascal out for the first month or so, um, I believe with a shoulder injury. And Boucher is out for a few weeks too. So, um, you know, the, the silver lining there is you're going to see a lot of Scotty Barnes. You're going to see a lot of Precious and Chua. And, you know, what I saw from Scotty Barnes was a guy that can do everything. You know, like he, he really does remind me a little bit of Draymond. You know, I think he's obviously physically stronger and taller and uh, probably will double up a better shot. But he just is such a good playmaker from that four spot. You know, he was making passes that you wouldn't really expect from a from a rookie, let, let alone a, a forward or center rookie, uh, you know, in, in the day and age now where he could play multiple positions. Uh, you know, we have we, we know his reputation as a defender. You know, that's probably going to be his forte in the NBA. But, you know, I, I think we're surprised by how well he can play make, how well he can pass. I believe his, his uh, preseason stats were 10, 6 and 5 in like 25 minutes or so. So the six assists is a lot for a big guy. It's a lot for a rookie. And he's, you know, both of those. So um, I, I like what he, I like what I see from him. And then I, I think we forget that we got, you know, Goran Dragic in, in that trade back for Lowry. And, you know, again, obviously he's not the same level of player as Lowry, but he is, uh, you know, a former all-star, former all-NBA player. Let's not forget that. And he's going to bring some stability to uh, to the backcourt. And again, I think Fred takes a big step forward. I think I really like what I saw from Precious in the uh, preseason too, where he's going to be able to um, even run the point, you know, bring up the ball. He has a good shot from what I've seen. Um, and, you know, I, I think with, again, with those injuries, he's going to get a lot of playing time. And I, I, I like having those two guys, a sophomore rookie, just be able to play through their mistakes learn quite a bit and you'll, we'll see that where that goes. And um, OG, let's not worry about OG here. Um, I think he will be the surprise for us. Um, I think depending on how he plays and how quickly Siakam comes back and is able to get back into uh, the rhythm, I think 
OG is going to have a breakout year. I think he's going to be in contention for all-star, depending on where the Raptors land halfway through the season. Uh, just from what I saw in the, the preseason, he was able to create his own shot. His handles look a lot tighter. I saw some baseline fadeaways. Um, I, yeah, I saw post-ups. I saw aggressive tacks to the rim. Um, his three-point shooting is still elite. You know, he's shooting 40%. In the last two years, averaging 16 points. So I think he's just continuing getting better. You know, we, we, we knew about his, like, his injuries, the appendix before the playoffs. His dad passed away two seasons ago. So he's been going through a lot with the bubble, with playing in Florida. So first time where he's going to be a, you know, key mat or key feature for a team, I really think OG will have a breakout season. He may also win MIP um, when, when it's all said and done. Yeah, I think their identity... I think the Raptors' identity this year is going to be pretty simple. I think they're going to beat up on the shitty teams. I think, like they always do, I think they're going to continue to uh, beat up on the shitty teams because I don't think they'll take a game off in terms of um, their willingness to win. You know, they, there's no reason for this team to rest anyone. There's no reason to play chess and, you know, worry about load management or anything. Like, they're not trying to do that, right? They're just trying to see how far they can potentially get with what they have. So, I think they'll continue to beat up on the shitty teams like they always do. And I think they'll put themselves in a lot of 50 fifties with some of the best in the league, uh, just through sheer effort and good coaching. Um, but so much of this relies on Pascal OG and their ability to score in the half court. That's what concerns me the most. I know they can run. I know they can get stops, but their ability to just score in the half court, Freddie's a smaller point guard. Um, OG's playmaking and shot creation ability has been suspect um for for a while and pascal you know is he going to be back to who he was prior to the bubble and i think that um their success is obviously contingent on that but if they can figure those things out and if these guys are back and playing at a high level then um i don't see why they can't be mid-pack in the east yeah i think they're gonna be actually a really fun team to watch i think they're gonna bring that that effort every time again we 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 know how you know, they develop their players. We know the guys like Freddie, Siakam, Boucher all have that demand, defensive, defensive mindset. Again, there's going to be a team that will definitely struggle uh, to create their own shots in the clutch. So I think they're going to lose a lot of games like they did last year where they weren't able to find someone who uh, they can give the ball to and just make a play for them. So um, that's where they're going to, you know, definitely fall apart, I think, uh, for some of the games. But I think they have a a decently young, strong core, you know, one that can, you know, that's shown that they can win in Freddie and Siakam, but now they have Achua, uh, Barnes, and even Ken Birch, who I think is, was a really nice surprise last year. So just being able to, you know, build on what uh, we didn't get from our starting, start, starting center position last year, I think they definitely improved in that area. And then I think, honestly, the the X factor for this season is, how well OG um, is able to improve. And um, yeah, maybe we get a surprise from Scotty Barnes and he he brings it to another level. But I, I think he's going to be a first All-NBA type player or All-NBA all rookie type player. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's, it's going to be a fun team to watch. I'm going to be watching a lot of games. Of Obviously, it's just uh, it's, it's exciting that we have a fourth pick, a guy that we can kind of uh, – Kind of look forward to in terms of a, a young up and coming star that we hopefully can uh, develop into the player that we need to uh, to move forward. 
Oh, absolutely. I think, I think it's going to be an exciting year. Definitely going to be an exciting year, different, refreshing uh, for a Raptors fan. Um, yeah. There's, you know, we couldn't cover all 32 teams. <laughs> um, there's so many, like, you know, I think the Grizzlies are going to be so much fun to watch. I think uh, the Hornets are going to be so much fun to watch. I think the Pacers are going to be pretty damn good. Um, there's just so many teams to talk about. And obviously we couldn't uh, touch on all of them tonight, but Got uh, got the first episode under the belt, which was fun. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, man, let's just find a time to connect after uh, the first few days of regular season games. Yeah, let's uh, yeah, let's do that. Um, let's let, let's get let's let, let everyone let every team play, and then we'll connect in a few days just to to see uh, the reactions and how how they perform. But yeah, man, nice nice chatting with you again. Let's let's make this um uh, let's make a cadence out of this and let's do this while uh, even though i'm out in la let's make sure we we do this at least once a week uh just to uh get back into the groove and kind of build on this again yeah and of course we're going to add some improvements to our production some video uh, some visuals for the fans <laughs> so yeah no it was good it was good uh touch of base i'm going to go home crush a quick uh succession episode i'm still on season two the third season came out yesterday and i can't listen to bill simmons right now because He's doing spoilers on succession. Oh, oh he so is? Like, yeah. He's already like, oh, if I hear the word Logan Roy on his uh, podcast, I just turn it off. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I've only I've started watching that, but I the, the time I've, I've heard of it is on the on the Bill Simmons podcast. So uh, that's no issue for me. There's no spoilers that I care for. So I'll, I'll continue listening. Uh, sick show. Sick show. Sick show? It's Oh, it's fantastic. It's so good. It's probably one of the best HBO. It's probably the best HBO show that I've seen since um, Game of Thrones. Obviously, like sure. there's The Wire, there's Sopranos, like those are legendary. But since I finished watching Game of Thrones, yeah, uh, Succession has been been that show. Maybe maybe I'll give it a shot. That sounds really like a, that's a pretty big boost. Yeah, I'm on. All right, man. Get home. I know you're still in the office, so get the fuck out of here. All right, man. We'll talk. It was great chat with you. Um, as Sorry, always, brother. for whoever listens to this podcast, um, we appreciate you. See yeah, you. for sure. Peace. Bye. Bye. Bye.